Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Mental Health Casual Podcast. I am your host, Lucky, and today we're going over to the anxiety subreddit. But before we get into that, if any of you guys are new here, first off, welcome. This is basically what I do. I just go to different subreddits that have anything to do with mental health, try and give some generalized advice and try and learn something new, but I am by no means a professional. So feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life however you see fit. Excuse me. Sorry, the coffee's coming. Um, the coffee burps are coming. So real quick, um, like, uh, so my family is in, so actually, let me just preface this. So I live with, uh, I, I rent a room for my brother um, and my mom is living with us for a little while until she moves uh, eventually to Oklahoma, which is where they're all at right now, including my, <clears throat> my nephew. And it's weird. The minute they left, I felt like I was on vacation. So I started celebrating by doing all of the terrible things that I know I shouldn't do. Um, eating pizza. I'm probably going to eat some pizza today, actually. Um, you know, watching tons of... No, uh, but watching porn, uh, a good amount of it. Uh, more than I, I did before. Uh, and it's weird. I, I started to realize that I think when they're away even though like i feel like i'm celebrating right now when they're away they're kind of the ones that are sorry when they're here they're the kind of the ones that keep me honest you know they're the ones that kind of keep me um they're the ones that 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 have uh that 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 give me some type of structure a little bit and i didn't really think about that before um, and in some ways I've started to realize that I got to grow up a little bit, you know, I, I've, I, I know that I do this channel and I do give some generalized advice and all that stuff, but I, I really do still need to, I still have a lot of growing up to do. And, um, you know, it, it's just something I just kind of wanted to get, give you guys that insight into my life. Cause I think as a mental health YouTuber, or, well, both YouTuber and podcaster, I, th I think you have to have some level of transparency with people um, because a people aren't stupid. Uh, people can, people can usually tell when there's something wrong. Um, and if you aren't transparent, they'll come with all types of theories about what's going on with you. What are you, uh, you know, what, what's, you know, obviously I'm not that big of a YouTuber or podcaster. So, you know, nothing like that, but I, I, I want to make sure that people understand what, is going on with me and and where i'm at uh to get a good uh, you know understanding of what i'm dealing with as we go through these um doesn't mean i i won't give advice or don't do any of that stuff um but i think it's good to know where somebody's coming from when they are giving you advice um the example would be when i was uh when i was going to therapy my first therapist was very upfront with me that he has been he had been dealing with social anxiety for upwards of about 25 years um and was very open and honest about it and you know obviously he's a lot better um in that stage of his life but you know he still deals with some things that uh people with social anxiety deal with right like you know there's all types of things that um you know that he he was uh he still dealt with and was very transparent about that so um, you know, it's interesting as now, granted, I have not done, you know, there, there's no drinking, there's no drugs, no, you know, whatever. Um, but man, dude, my food, uh, thing has just been off the charts. I haven't gone to the gym for two days. Uh, it doesn't sound too extreme and it's not, but 
usually I go Monday, Tuesday, have Wednesday off and Thursday and Friday, or I go Monday. Uh, oh, sorry. Or I go Tuesday, Wednesday, take Thursday off and I go Friday, Saturday. Um, so for me not to do two days in a row in the middle of the, the week is kind of weird for me. But I, I learned a little bit. So I, I just released a video from Elliot Hulse. Um, uh, well, sorry, about Elliot Hulse. Elliot Hulse did a video about social anxiety. And I decided to do a little bit of a, a reaction slash, um, you know, uh, analysis of his advice about that. So if you guys want to check that out, I'll leave a link in the info box uh, to, the, to the video itself. Um, but one of the things that I was, I was watching another video of his about um, was... Uh, you know this um this idea of us over narrate sorry over narrating things in our lives so is a person had mentioned so elliot holes for people that don't know is kind of from that manosphere you know very masculine you know um uh, so I was surprised to hear him say this, but he was somebody had mentioned that you know he whenever he goes home he cries almost like every day does all this stuff and I, w I was expecting him to say something like oh you need to control yourself all this stuff and he he what he said was he's like is there nothing wrong with crying you know it's almost and he kind of related it to uh orgasming which i had never really thought about before but that it is there is a little bit of a correlation in that um because you know i i have trouble crying I, it takes some very extreme things to make me cry and it almost, it's almost like a laugh. Like I almost have to, it almost has to be involuntary. Like it has to be so sad that it just gets me. Um, Cause if it gets, it, it depends. It's kind of a balance. If it's too sad that it just makes me mad after a while. Um, but he had mentioned something that was like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, you're giving too much, you're giving too much of a narrative behind your crying you're crying you're, you're just crying man you just have and that's a gift and he said that was a gift and i was like yeah that's true that is a gift there's a a good year or two stint where i did not cry and the minute i cried i, I can't remember what it was i think it was from like a tv show or something like that oh my goodness dude oh it felt so um oh it just it just felt like a release man i just i went to sleep so much easier afterwards um, and that's kind of why I envy women sometimes. It's just how it seems, uh, no, I mean, not all women, but dude, there's some women out there who just cry at anything, dude. And I'm just like, man, I wish I could, I could, I wish I could do that a little, not, not, not to that extent, but you know, like, uh, you know, like every week or something like that, I could just cry, you know? Um, but yeah, I think sometimes we do put these narratives on what we do and it ends up making things worse. So I wanted to bring that up. I was hoping to do it a little, a little, little bit of less time, but I think we, I bring that up because we're talking about anxiety today. And I think sometimes when we have anxiety, we like to put these narratives on it, these narrative spins on it that make our anxiety even worse because now there's a story behind it. Now there's this big reason uh, that may or may not be the right reason, right? And I think I'm totally guilty of this myself, so... Um, anyway, let's go over into the first post here on the anxiety subreddit. It says, I don't think people truly realize how debilitating anxiety is. I was speaking to a friend today about how I feel like my life has become really routine and boring. And she just said, quote unquote, change it. When I mentioned that in order to do more things, I need a, uh, more money. She just said, change that too. I don't think she gets 
that even just functioning and going to work at all at this point with my level of anxiety slash depression is a feat in and of itself. I don't even know where to start on another job, interviews, etc. Not to mention the physical health issues I'm dealing with on top of it. I feel like I can't change things in my life until my anxiety is under control, but I don't know when it will be. I'm in therapy as well, but it only does so much. So actually, this correlates really well with the video um, that I had mentioned is in the info box um, that I did about Elliot Hulse. You cannot wait for your anxiety to be better in order for you to go do something that you need to do. Uh, if you're going to wait for your anxiety, you're only asking, you know, it, it's a lot like that saying uh, tomorrow never comes, right? Because tomorrow eventually becomes today. Uh, and then tomorrow becomes the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, and you have to be careful about that thinking because it will eventually consume you and you'll never do the thing that you should be doing, right? You'll never be doing this. You'll never do the thing that uh, is causing your anxiety, right? Um, so what do your friends said? By the way, um, it's not the greatest advice, right? It's for somebody to just say, change it, change that too. Um, so first off, let me give some advice to the person that is talking. Uh, sorry, who's, give, who's giving you this advice, your friend, right? Um, when somebody gives you these thoughts, what you want to try and do is ask them, by the way, um, it, it depends on the situation. In most cases, I find this to be true, but there are some people who need that push. Um, but when somebody is talking to you and they're at, they're saying like, oh yeah, you know, um, um, I just feel like I'm in an impasse in my life and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm struggling to do this, this and that. Ask them questions that, that, um, you know, lead them into what they already know. Cause most of the time people know this stuff, but the minute you start coming in as an antagonist saying, Oh, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. Um, it doesn't it, it, like, you're not their father, right? You're not their father t telling them, uh, you know, who they know has their best interests in the heart and who has grown up with them. Right. Um, you're their friend. And so your friend, as a friend, you need to kind of change your, uh, outlook in it. And, and like I said, unless of course, you know, this person very well, and you know that they need that push or that they won't crumble under that pressure. Cause the thing about anxiety is, man, people crumble really, really, really fast. Um, because the, the world is already weighing down upon them. So, um, what you need to do is ask some questions to open them up, not close them in. Okay. Um, and that's very, very important, especially with things like anxiety and depression. Um, so when you're, uh, as for this person who's dealing with anxiety, um, that advice is actually not that bad. Um, it, it, you know, the wording is, is not that great, but the advice itself is not that bad. Meaning it is actually, you do need to change these things and once again, you cannot wait for your anxiety to be over and done with for you to uh, go into the next um, stage of your life. It it won't. It, it you know your anxiety will not wait for that. Uh, your anxiety and that day may never come. In fact, your anxiety will probably become better. Uh, sorry, your your anxiety symptoms will probably be alleviated if you do that thing which is what the video was about that I released yesterday. Um, do the thing to have the power is what Elliot Hulse said. Um, so do the thing that you're afraid of to have the power 
And whereas the opposite, don't do the thing to give the thing more power. You know, you, you see what I'm saying here? Um, so I, I think that's just really, really important. And uh, I remember I talked to this guy named Justin Bryan, and he he said something that I didn't really resonate with until a little bit later. Um, uh, it's it, I just didn't like the wording of it. I agreed with the statement, but I didn't agree with the wording of it, um, which was, uh, uh, shoot, oh my God. Um, oh, crap. It, there, there was a different wording to it, but basically it summed up. It was just do things... Um, do things even if you're not ready for them. Uh, it was worded a little differently, which I didn't agree with, but it's ba that's basically what he what he meant by it. And I, you know, that's true. I wasn't ready to do these YouTube channels and this podcasting stuff. I didn't know anything about it, man. I didn't know anything about giving generalized advice. I, I didn't think I was ready for any of this, right? Um, but I had I, I did it because I, it was fulfilling to me, and I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what, right? Um, and you know, I, I, there's a reason. So on my anime casuals, YouTube channel, I have, we have some early videos that are God awful that I keep up because I want people to know what the trajectory was like from where we were to where we are now. It's not a huge trajectory, but you know, our videos are at least watchable now. And I think it's important to realize that you can't just wait, um, you know, you don't just naturally become the thing that you want to be. You have to work for it. You have to work despite the anxiety. So um, anyway, let's go over to the next post, which actually has a lot to do with what we're talking about. Does anyone else like to hide? When I get upset with myself or anxious, I feel the urge to hide and be small. I'll wrap myself as tight as possible in blankets or make myself as small as I can and cover my face and eyes so it's dark. I'll squish myself into a corner or a closet. I guess when I'm small and it's dark and I'm away from everyone, then it almost feels like nothing exists. I don't really know why I do it. Anyways, does anyone else feel like this urge when they are upset or anxious? I'm sure there are actually a lot of people. You know, there's that 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 saying, um, I just want to crawl up in my bed and uh, into a ball, right? Like that. that's a very common saying, or maybe it's just the people I hang out with. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there, that's a pretty common saying that I've heard. And I think the important part of that is a lot of people with anxiety have to learn to do the opposite, which is to open themselves up to the world, right? You're trying to hide from what the world does, but you know, I, I legitimately have to think about this a lot. Like when I'm in social situations, a lot of times I have to remember, because you know, sometimes I'll cross my arms. Um, I will hunch over things like that. I have to be very careful about that. Well, first off, the hunching over is not great for your posture. But at the same time, you have to open yourself. Even when I'm doing these podcasts, I have to remember to open. I, usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll take a deep breath and I'll, it'll, you know, I'll, I'll sit up straight. Um, and when we're talking about that, like you, you opening yourself up to the world, it's scary because you're opening yourself to not just the positives, but the negatives as well. You can't take the positives without the negatives. Um, and that's important for anything. Every every risk comes with a consequence, but it also comes with a reward. Uh, whether or not you get the reward is, you know, up to you, though. Uh, and, well, also up to fate and other things. Um, but, you know, when you're anxious, of course you want to hide, right? Of course, um, it, it comes from the idea of fear, right? If you're afraid of something, so if you're a prey animal in the wild and you see a predator, 
you want to run away or you want to hide, right? You want to get away from that animal, that prey, uh, predator as fast as possible. Um, and so you want to hide, right? Um, it makes a lot of sense. And it's something that I can, I, I felt, I feel like I, I felt like this more in my depression. Um, uh, so I would just stay in bed and just, you know, be under the covers and whatnot and try and hide myself away from the world. Because uh, I, I just, I didn't think I was worthy of a lot of things, man. I just, um, and you don't just become worthy. Like if I had just waited, I guess this goes back to the last post, but if I had just waited for myself to become worthy by laying in bed and waiting for it, I would have never became worthy of anything like uh, of anything right you have to start somewhere and i think that's something that's important for people with anxiety to learn right you have to start somewhere it a lot of times it doesn't even matter where you start as long as you build that momentum um i i would say i mean probably to a certain degree it matters where you start of course but um for a lot of people i, th I just don't think it matters where you start you you just you need to start somewhere and i think sometimes people are a little too afraid to start at all because of the idea of failure um, so with this in particular, I would practice sitting up or standing up straight, uh, or sitting up straight when you're in a conversation with somebody, um, when maybe your mom takes you out to dinner or whatever, I, whatever you're doing, sit up straight and put your chest out. Okay. Um, and accept the things that the world brings, uh, brings to you anyway. Um, let's go over to the next post here. Oh, very good one. Uh, we're talking about, uh, driving anxiety. How do you guys handle driving? I recently got my first new car and have started driving more frequently, like to and from work and stuff. And as excited as I am about it, it has been an immense source of anxiety while driving. I'm constantly worrying. What if I rear end someone? What if I, uh, someone, sorry, what if someone rear ends me? What if I swipe, uh, sideswipe someone? What if I don't turn sharp enough? What if I hit someone because I don't look hard enough? I also tend to kind of black out almost when I drive, but I was told it's pretty normal. By stress uh, of even that, worrying I didn't drive safe enough. I got an extremely safe car on purpose, but I can't help it. Even though I'm not driving, I worry about it if I'm if I locked it or if someone scratches it or if I left something important out in the open. I just feel so crappy. I, just, I was so excited for some independence. Anyone have advice? Uh, any advice on how to cope? I just try to tell myself that it's unlikely to happen, but it still gets to me. Um, you know, I think it's fair to, to have those kinds of things. First off, I will say this. Um, one thing that I do, um, and this just, I live in Austin, so you have to understand downtown Austin is a fucking, is a, oh, excuse my language. I, <laughs> I forgot I was on the wrong, this is the wrong podcast for the swearing. Uh, it, it's, a, it's kind of a mess. Um, so anytime there is something that needs to happen downtown or anything like that, uh, or anywhere close, I will uh, usually take an Uber or something like that down there, right? Um, so if you're if you if you're if somebody invites you to a place that is on a bad neighborhood or something like that, you know maybe consider the worth. I, I that I think that's a healthy amount of anxiety, right? Having an, uh, some comprehension of your environment. But if you're in the middle, actually, I'll give you an example of this. Um, I was always really afraid of my tires bursting because I would, when I worked at Home Depot, uh, there it was a very common place that people would uh, get nails in their um, tires. Because if you think about it, we work there five days a week, um, and the likelihood of you know driving by 
uh, or driving on nails because, you know, the thing is a lot of these guys drive trucks and, you know, these, these uh, contractor trucks and nails fall out when they go over bumps. And so uh, it was, I mean, it wasn't super commonplace, but I knew about two or three people offhand that I, I knew definitely had nails from the, from the, uh, um, from the workplace, including myself, actually, I, I, I did this at once once too and so one of my friends decided uh, to park in the, the parking lot like across the street um i decided to uh not enter through the uh, i would not go towards a pro entrance um where the pros would uh would often be uh because they were the most likely to have that nail problem um and yeah so i for for me in particular like i think that's totally fine when you're driving um as for the the, the blacking out i've you know very, very common. Very, very common. Um, although you might want to challenge yourself to try and um, uh, space back in, right? Anytime you feel yourself spacing out, try and space back in. I, it was a, like a common, uh, what, do, what do you call it? Um, it was a common exercise to keep us in the present moment. Um, when we were, when uh, I was in the outpatient procedure, that was something that uh, one of the uh, mindfulness people were kind of telling us like, Oh, you know, if you're driving and you tend to black out, then try and, you know, force yourself to pay attention to more things. Um, that kind of stuff, just as an exercise uh, for your attention and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of the, the driving, I think that gets better as you drive. Um, you know, that, that'll get better as you continue to drive. I don't know how long you've been driving for, but you just had a new car. That's, that's normal, man. That's normal to have that anxiety about your new car uh, and, and all that stuff. That, that's totally normal. I, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Um, and this goes back to try not to make too much of a narrative of your anxiety because then it starts to become the story of your life. So, um, yeah, I don't see anything too wrong. I would just say, uh, watch where you park. That's totally fine. Um, but you know, I mean, there's only so much you can do, uh, in terms of, you know, preparing or making sure you're everything's safe in your car and all that kind of stuff. So, um, anyway, let's do one more here. Uh, da, 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 da. Ooh, okay. This one's good. Uh, does anyone else get depressed to the point of not cleaning, then get so anxious about the mess that you cannot clean? I have major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder, two disorders that go right hand in hand. Uh, it, eas it eases my anxiety so much to have things in their place, although I would not consider myself a neat freak by any stretch. I get in such depressive episodes that I don't have it in me to pick up after myself. Then when it gets so bad, my anxiety skyrockets because of the mess and shuts me down where I can't do anything about it. Did anyone else experience this? Any advice? Yeah, so this is a good example of doing things despite your anxiety. Um, and doing things also despite your depression. That is something that um, I also preach. Doing things despite the mental illness that you're given. Of course, obviously, there are going to be some things that are out of your hand. Um, but doing things despite them are is very important in... Um, you know, remaining uh, in, in uh, having some semblance of a normal life, right? Um, you still have to do the things, uh, going to work, doing things like that, right? Like I'm, I'm trying out for a warehouse job right now, right? Because I don't want to deal with customers all day. I just, I just don't. I just don't think I, I have it in me to continue to, to do things like that. Um, and that's why I went to try and find a job that was like that, okay? Uh, a job where I have goal, like I, you know, they, they have expectations of me, but 
where I can deal with things and I, I it's up to me to deal with them, right? Um, so that's that's something that's very important. Um, and yeah, in terms of uh, this kind of spiral, it's up to you, right? It's up to you to put a dent in that spiral or to stop it altogether, okay? It's, it's very important to uh, figure out. And th that's why it's so important to uh, be conscious of about of the things that you do and the um the tendencies that you have because once you figure out that cycle you can put a stop to it any stop at halt in momentum can usually put a stop a uh, pretty good dent in um in that so try and think about that the next time that you are um anxious right if you're anxious because um about the mess then use that as a trigger for you to just start cleaning right um, I know it sounds counter into, or it sounds like, you know, counter to the thing that you want to do, but despite the fact that you want to do it, right. Um, you, you, or despite the fact that you don't want to do it, you have to do it anyway. Um, I, I don't know how to say this in any clearer language or any, I, I don't know how to make it any easier to digest, but this is the key to any fear-based mental illness. Or, I mean, probably to most mental illnesses, but you have to do things despite the fact that you have them despite the fact that you have these mental illnesses or else they will continue to get worse and you will continue to be um, uh, more and more mentally ill, right? Uh, same thing goes for like, if you don't go to rehab for your broken leg or whatever, right? If you never put pressure on it again, it's going to continue to get weaker to the point where you won't be able to use it, you know, or, you know, it's going to take a long time to get back. Uh, so it's important for you to continue to do these things. Um, and actually, a good metaphor for this is um, so uh, there, there's, there was a person who actually um, they they uh, ripped their uh, what do you call it? Uh, they had a bicep tear and they decided to continue to use the other bicep. One thing that uh, doctors found was even though the other bicep wasn't. Um, you know, it wasn't going to be as strong as the other one for a while. One of the things they noticed was um, when you're when you uh, when you work out, uh, your body will actually send messages to other parts of the body to stimulate muscle growth. So, in other words, the more muscles you work out, so in compound exercise and stuff, the more signals your body will send for muscle muscle growth in other places that aren't even been worked out to kind of have some semblance of like uh, like homeostasis or kind of like balancing. Um, and so when that person was working out their other bicep, their other, the, the torn bicep would actually still have some growth, maybe at like 20 to 30%. May, I, I can't remember what the, what the growth was, but it, it's still not zero, right? And so even though you're doing things that, um, that you know maybe you don't want to do it can help in other areas even if they don't seem like they are um even if they don't seem that they like they are uh what is it uh related right if you go and do the thing that you don't want to do which is like cleaning your room that could lead to the confidence to go ask that girl out right so it sends a message to other parts other uh things that you're having anxiety with and you get more confidence. You get that momentum to keep going. So try and remember that as you go along. But anyway, guys, uh, remember you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the info box. Uh, also, if you'd like to check out this subreddit, I will leave a link to the anxiety subreddit in the info box as well. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. 
But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual. <laughs>